Today's episode is brought to you by the Tax Defense Group. The team of professionals at the Tax Defense Group are passionate about helping taxpayers resolve their tax debt. Their services include basic tax preparation, tax audits, resolving large tax debt, and more. They actively represent taxpayers throughout the entire USA. If you need help resolving your tax issues, contact the Tax Defense Group. Call the Tax Defense Group today at 800-850-7973 to get started. That number again is 800-850-7973, and you can visit them online at thetaxdefensegroup.com. Are you thinking about starting a business or a side hustle? For all businesses to be successful, you need a website. Rider Junkie offers website development, content writing, and SEO services for business websites. Call Rider Junkie today at 805-587-7966, and you can visit them online at riderjunkie.com. We recently launched our website, ucaststudios.com. With articles about sports, special interest topics, and more, we have some cool stuff on our site. To read our content, please visit ucaststudios.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Lakers Outsiders podcast brought to you by UCAS Studios. I'm your host, Gary Kester, here with you, as always. And joining me again is Hani Amadian. Hani, we just watched an absolutely beautiful game, and I'm feeling pretty good right now. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Um, this is maybe the most enjoyable game of basketball we've watched in like almost a decade. Just in, in terms of the stakes and and how well the team played, that was amazing, man. Um, it, it's been such an emotional last couple of days as well. So so really seeing the seeing the Lakers come out strong to start the game and and really not not lay off the gas at all, pretty much um, through four quarters was was really amazing. Yeah, I. Uh... I, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect with this game, but we're going to dive into it here in a second. We're obviously recording this on August 24th, which is, of course, 824, which is Mamba Day. I'm sitting here in my lower Marion Kobe jersey. Uh, Lakers played in their black Mamba jerseys today, which are just sick jerseys. And, man, it was just beautiful to watch. But uh, before, as always, we dive in, guys, uh, if you like the podcast, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, wherever we should be on there. Um, so be sure to subscribe there to Lakers Outsiders and UK Studios. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lakers Outsiders. And you can also like us on Facebook and, of course, get all of our content up on LakersOutsiders.com. You can follow Hani on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M. You can follow me just at Gary Kester. Uh, yeah. I think that's everything. I don't know. I'm 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 a little I'm like riding a high right now because like you said, honey, this was like such a satisfying win because of the stakes. Obviously the Lakers dropped the first game of this series and then it's like, okay, people are starting to to panic a little bit. You know, a lot of NBA Twitter's getting their their jokes off because they 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 warned us about Portland and Portland came up came out and stole the first game or whatever. Uh it's been three straight three straight wins. And I mean, really only one bad half of basketball out of the six that we've seen uh, the Lakers mm-hmm. play since then, I guess just what are your kind of your initial thoughts on this game tonight where the Lakers just jumped out from the get go and didn't, and never looked back. 
Yeah, this was a game where you could tell, you know, the the veteran presence of this team, the the number of guys that have been in these situations before. Obviously, it starts with LeBron uh, as a leader of the team and, and you know, uh, potentially the greatest player of all time. But um, it's their head coach as well. There's there's guys throughout the team that have been in high stakes situations in the playoffs. I think these Lakers understood over the last two games that they beat the Blazers. I think they kind of smelled blood. Um, and we've talked about it. I think Jacob and I talked about it after the Lakers first one of the playoffs where we're like, it was 1-1 and we thought the series was over. Um, just because you can tell that the Blazers are exhausted from having had to play game sevens basically for uh, three weeks straight now or a month straight. Um, and, you know, the injuries that they're dealing with as well, catching up to them. Um, I think LeBron in particular today came out, and Anthony Davis as well uh, in the first quarter especially, uh, they came out knowing that if if they really put their foot on the gas and come out strong, the the series is over, that they're going to be the Blazers tonight, and, and then it's 3-1, and it's basically done and dusted. Um, and that's honestly, that's, that's such a great sign of a championship-winning team. Uh, whether they win it or not, it, it really shows that they have that potential just based on uh, – really rising to the occasions, knowing exactly how to pace themselves. Um, you know, the game one, they definitely looked like they were feeling out the Blazers. Obviously, they could have won it anyway because uh, they, they just missed a ton of shots. But as the as series has gone, gone along, you've seen that confidence build and them kind of realizing, oh, yes, we are the number one seed in the West. We have been much better than the Blazers all season long. Um, and they're really finding themselves and playing more like the team that we saw throughout the regular season um, as the series has gone on. Yeah, um, it's, it's kind of funny because the that first game is just kind of showing to be more of an anomaly than anything else. Um, yeah. And, you know, the series has kind of played out, I think, kind of how we both expected. Like if for those of you listening to this, if you didn't listen to our podcast before game one, this is kind of playing out like we kind of said like Portland they're defensively they just cannot get stops especially because they have nobody to guard Anthony Davis they don't have anybody to guard LeBron James I mean really all they've done is throw Gary Trent Jr. at LeBron he's just too small and when they try and put Carmelo on him LeBron just goes right around him and then with mm-hmm. Anthony Davis they throw Nurkic at him they throw Whiteside at him neither of those guys can guard Anthony Davis they've basically just ho- had to hope that you know some double teams and stuff like that have been able to slow him down and tonight I mean, he doesn't play really, I think, at all, maybe in the second half. I think he might have played a couple minutes. I can't remember. Um, yeah. But I noticed very early on in the third quarter that he wasn't out there, and JaVale was still out there, which was was kind of bizarre. But JaVale actually had a pretty good game. I, that's that's one thing that I've been wrong about is that I thought that JaVale just kind of couldn't play in this series because of the matchup. Um, but he's had some good showings. He really has, and um, it's been nice to see. I thought today was a good showing for him as well. Um, really, the only negative today I thought was – the AD injury. And I think yeah. it's, it was more precautionary than anything because the Lakers were up. What was it? 38 at one point in the second half after LeBron yeah. hit a three from about 40 feet out. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, it looks like AD is going to be fine. He, he seemed to be kind of moving around. Okay. On the bench and was basically starting his treatment already. Um, and hopefully the Lakers can close this thing out on Wednesday and they can get uh, a couple extra rest days because the, 
they're going to play the winner, assuming that the Lakers finish the series, they're going to play the winner of OKC and Houston, who are at least going to go six games because the Thunder tied yeah. up that series uh, today as well. So, um, but yeah, like I said, kind of when we previewed this series, just the fact that Portland, we talked about their defense and how they're just not going to be able to stop the Lakers. Basically, that's been true games two through four. The only thing that stopped the Lakers was missing open shots in game one. Um, mm-hmm. And then defensively, I think the Lakers have done a hell of a job guarding Damian Lillard. And I kind of, we kind of thought that this team, this Portland team might run out of gas, right? We, we highlighted their very short rotation in that play-in game against Memphis. And it's just kind of been that way. They've had to put a lot of stress on their main rotation guys and not go very deep into their bench because they, they do have some injuries and stuff. Um, and they've been playing game seven since this bubble started. And eventually that just, that drains you. Um, and you know, I do think we're seeing some of that, but I also think we're just seeing Portland run into a team that's better than them, which is surprising because the Lakers were an underdog coming into this series. So it's pretty crazy that they're one game away from pulling off, uh, this upset. Yeah. I mean, you know, anytime a plucky, uh, team, you know, owned by a mom and pop shop, uh, (laughs) Can, can really rise up to the occasion and, um, you know, come out to a 3-1 lead against a team that was in the Western Conference Finals last year, a juggernaut that's been in the postseason for I don't know how many times in a row. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you really got to pat these guys on the shoulder. I also want to add, this day just keeps getting better, man. Like, the Lakers win in a blowout, and then Gary is out here uh, praising Nevada legend Javel McGee to my face. This is this is a beautiful, beautiful day. I'm still wondering why my check hasn't showed up for the last time I praised him, but I'll, I'll give it a few more days. I'm, I'm assuming it's the, just high volume, so it's a little delayed in shipping. the 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 first uh, The first check that I get from Popeyes once they uh, sponsor us, that'll that'll just get rerouted to you. <laughs> uh, Popeyes, I, I'm gonna need that sponsorship real quick then, because I'm waiting on some money then. <laughs> um no uh just man this this game tonight was just i i don't even know really what else to say like this podcast honestly might not be very long it is a little special given just the circumstances you know it is 824 and kobe's birthday was yesterday um and it it, it's kind of fitting right like it kind of came full circle the lakers first game after kobe's passing was against these same blazers and damian lillard just went bonkers against them and the blazers kind of you know spoiled the lakers night to try and tribute and honor uh, honor kobe um in that first game back and you know crazy events happened since then and the you know sure enough the lakers get the blazers again on a day that they're honoring kobe and this time they just punch him right in the mouth from the get-go and just never let up um the, the universe works in mysterious ways, man. Like, not only for the Lakers to get this opportunity to play Portland again and get a chance at that redemption a little bit and push them to the brink of elim- elimination on, on Kobe Day, on Mamba Day, uh, whatever you want to call it, but to jump out to a 24-8 to lead, man, it's just yeah. it's so surreal. Like, it's I don't even know how you explain it. Yeah, it's just so many just random little signs that that remind you of them. Uh, J.R. Smith also just tied Kobe's uh, uh, tied Kobe in the all-time I think three pointers made in the playoffs standings or however you want to say that. But um, yeah, it's a uh, I, I I don't really know what to say. Like I, I gen, genuinely 
don't really like the win this for Kobe thing uh, that that a lot of fans do. And honestly, the team's been doing it a lot as well. And it's not really my favorite just because I don't think we should be putting that burden on the players and the coaches. But um, it does feel nice when these things kind of just collide. And, you know, a day after his birthday on Kobe Day uh, with the news that they're going to name part of Figueroa Street, change it to uh, Kobe Bryant Boulevard. And then come out and, and really play the way that Kobe would have in a series like this. You know, the, the same thing that we just talked about, like smelling blood in the water. That's how LeBron and Anthony Davis and really the rest of the team looked today. And it just, it, it really felt like watching those series, um, you know, say in like 09 and 010 or 2010 when, you know, Kobe was the big guy on the team. Um, and, and he was always out there on a mission to try and end those series. Um mm-hmm. And, and really gunning for it. And that's what today really felt like. And, you know, for as, as tough as these last couple of days have been, um, trying to remember Kobe and, and celebrate him, but also really, really mourn him as well. Uh, this was a really, really good way to cap it off. Yeah, my, my thing with, like, the whole, like, winning it for Kobe, um, I mean, it's great, like, if you use that for motivation, if you're the players or whatever, like, whatever gets you going. My thing was just, like, I just want to, I guess my thing, if you want to honor Kobe, is just like play, play your heart out, like play, play yeah. really hard and just do whatever you can. If it's not enough, you know that sucks. Obviously, we all want the Lakers to hold up the trophy at the end of the day, but if if they get beat and they play, they play with a ton of effort, a ton of energy, and they just leave it all out on the floor, I can live with that, you know. And yeah. um, that's, I think that's all really Kobe would have wanted. Obviously, you know, Kobe was all about winning. Winning, he was obsessed with winning, hated losing. Um, but you know, to, to get to that point where you're in positions to win, you got to play hard. You can't be, you know, outplayed from an effort standpoint by your opponent and Kobe, you know, hardly ever, if ever really, you know, had an opponent that was outworking him and and playing Mm -hmm. harder than him or preparing harder than him. Um, sometimes you just get beat, you know, it's pro sports, you know, there's nobody's won every single year that they played. So, um, and it's crazy, like how many like little things kind of made me think of him. As soon as KCP made that layup where he got fouled, that put him up twenty four to eight. Immediately thought about him, uh, LeBron. It was seventy eight to fifty one at the end of uh, the half, and LeBron has the last shot essentially. I thought he was going to pull a three to try and get to eighty one, which would have been perfect. Uh, but he goes and gets the layup instead. I thought it should have been an and one. I mean, the refs got to know the situation. Yeah. That was that was the only mistake made all night was LeBron <laughs> going to the rim instead of pulling up. But you're right, it should have been an and one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, Raps, get it together. Lakers are getting screwed here. Come on. Um, <laughs> no, but like like that, and I was kind of looking at the the final score, and I'm a little pissed that Jalen Horde uh, got a tip layup at the at the end because the Lakers were up 135 to 113, which would have been 248 total points uh which would have been just another crazy coincidence uh but he gets that tip and layup and uh makes it 250 so it is what it is but i mean just a dominant performance and i'm just proud of the team's effort like i think you know obviously i honestly wasn't even upset like obviously i mean i guess we were bummed that they lost that first game back from Kobe because we all wanted them to see them win and have like a you know a positive moment after such a and during such a hard time um yeah. but man to see the the amount of focused energy like this team has not started a ton of fast games in this bubble i feel like they started the clippers game fairly fast uh they kind of jumped out to a lead early 
Um, but man, just jumped all over Portland tonight. And LeBron had a lot to do with it, but Anthony Davis was unreal. I mean, you look at Anthony Davis's stat line, like he only played 17 minutes because he didn't really play in the second half. Uh, but 18 points, five of eight shooting. He was a plus 37 <laughs> in this game. Uh, he would make Alex Crusoe proud. Uh, Crusoe, <laughs> Crusoe was a plus 15 tonight, by the way. Just want to throw that out there. Uh, but man, they just got it from all over. AD, 18, five and five in 17 minutes. We got another dose of playoff LeBron, which is crazy to say. Like we said this last time, that yeah. like he does, he makes NBA history in that game one, but yeah. they lose and like he doesn't score a ton. So everybody's like, oh, you know, what's going on with LeBron or whatever. And then the second game, they don't need him at all, really, because uh, everybody else just lights it up. Uh, and the, these last two games, man, I mean, tonight, 30 points on 10 of 12 shooting, uh, one of one from 40 plus feet. Uh, four or five overall from the three-point line, six boards, ten assists, only two turnovers after a pretty healthy dose of turnovers yeah. uh, in the last game. Only plays 28 minutes. Uh, just another positive. Like, these guys dominated this game, and we didn't really – I think LeBron played the most minutes at 28. Yeah. And like, he was he was fooling around those 28 <laughs> minutes. Like, he was doing some dumb crap that was working. <laughs> Uh, he had a step back three basically from where Luca hit his game winner against the Clippers the other day. He had just some wild whipped passes across the court. It was hilarious watching him play today. I know, like when he when he hit that three from like just inside midcourt, I was like, oh, they're just having fun now. Like they are just toying with with Portland and man, it's God, it was so so much fun to watch. It just so many guys play. And I think we've been we've been kind of saying like. The Lakers were due for a game like this where the shots started to drop. And we saw Danny Green even get it going finally. Shout out to yeah. Matt Vizine. Quit slandering my boy Danny Green. If you listen to this, I'm coming after you if you slander him anymore. Although I think so, he's, he might have to slander him some more if Danny Green's going to keep playing this way. Sorry, I, I, if I recall correctly, Matt said he, we should have signed Carmelo, who shot 6 of 15 today, had two turnovers, four fouls in 29 minutes over Danny Green. Did Danny I hear Green, that right? Danny Green was a plus 29. Uh, Carmelo Anthony was a minus 27. That's all I'm going to say, uh, Matt. Matt probably won't even listen to this. Uh, actually, I'm going to tag him every time I plug this pod, just so they will. But, uh, yeah, no. It was it was just really refreshing to see a lot of these guys get the, get the threes going. I mean, Kuzma, 5 of 9 from the three-point line. He had 18 points. Danny Green, 14 points. Hit three of his four threes. Played good defense. Uh I mean, JaVale played well. Catavius Cobalt-Pope played well. Dwight played well, even though the refs have something. Like, the, the refs are out to get Dwight Howard. I'm convinced at this <laughs> point that they are just calling everything on him. And I'm just like, what does my guy got to do, man? It's uh, it's annoying, but it's also kind of fun because it reminds you of, like, prime Dwight where he would get in foul trouble because he would just be throwing those elbows everywhere uh, and get frustrated. <laughs> doesn't matter as much because he's a backup now and like he's not playing a ton of minutes so he can get five fouls and, and be fine but it is it is fun to have a little bit of a throwback <laughs> crazy crazy thing tonight was the Lakers played 13 players like in a, in a playoff game like that's it's pretty crazy against you know a, a team that was favored against them coming into this year <laughs> so <laughs> I'm never gonna let that go we are one win away. From just a total like retweet Armageddon on all these Blazer takes that we saw coming in, and I am oh I am so here for it. You have no idea. Uh, yeah, th that's gonna be great. 
I also want to point out how smart we are. We talked uh, in the series preview uh, podcast we did. We talked about how the, there there was a silver lining to find the Blazers, despite them being the the tough eight seed, and that one it's going to challenge them a little bit because they have to actually play a defense, and two their defense stinks, and the Lakers' <laughs> offense had just been awful all bubble, and we were like they're going to turn it around against these, this team. They scored what eighty points and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, Frank, Frank Vogel, hit me up. We, Told you. We know yeah. exactly what we're talking about. It's like, we're, well, at least Frank like hit up Popeyes to hit us up. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, uh, third gotta, party uh, use our connections. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, like I mean, we did talk about that though, like the fact that Portland's defense has been so poor, not only I mean just all year, but especially in these bubble games. It was a great opportunity for the Lakers offense to get going, which I think has kind of coincided a little bit with just LeBron ramping it up. You know, he, he's as, as much as I love Anthony Davis and how dominant he can be. LeBron is still the motor that gets it going because he just he makes everybody around him better. Um, and once he ramps it up, man, the team ramps it up. And then defensively, you know, they I mean, I, besides basically the first quarter in that first game, I thought they were really good in that first game still. Uh, yeah. And it's. I don't know. Was that first game, do you think, was kind of like a needed wake-up call? Because I saw a lot of people on Lakers Twitter tonight kind of saying, like, they were almost annoyed, like, seeing two blowout wins now that, like, oh, this should be for the sweep. Like, what happened? Like, how do we lose game one? I'm almost kind of grateful for that game one loss. Now, if the Lakers somehow blow this 3-1 lead and lose (laughs) in seven games, I will rescind that statement. But looking back on it now, it's almost like that was the kind of the game that woke up the sleeping giant in a way. Yeah. Um, and I think obviously it would be great if they swept the game and, and now they have more rest than, than their second round opponent. And, you know, all of that would be great. But I do think there is something to um, being challenged early on um, and, and really overcoming that and, and kind of waking up and saying, all right, you know, we have been great, but we're not we're not such hot blank that that we're going to just uh mess around and win games um and it kind of reminds me of actually the the 2010 lakers i believe they got taken to six in the first round by the thunder mm-hmm. um and i think that took like a game winner in one of those games too yeah um, and that thunder team was yeah and, and that thunder team was young like those, they hadn't really done anything in the league yet um yeah, they were just scratching the surface back then i think i think that was their first playoff series if mm-hmm. i remember right with with uh kd russ and harden yep um so, you know, it kind of reminds me of that. This is a veteran team that, you know, they can get complacent. Obviously, that team had already won a title, so it's a little bit different. But um, they, they can get complacent, but getting punched in the mouth and then and then recovering from that, I think, is a really great sign. Because it's going to happen again the rest of the way. No matter who they play in the second round and, and the conference finals and the finals, they're not going to be pushovers. Like, you're not going to sweep those series either. Uh, might as well kind of learn how to overcome and, and make adjustments. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking a lot about the intangibles, but like Frank Vogel's adjustments from game one to game two and, and later on in the series have been amazing. And, you know, it's it's obviously great for the for the team, the players to get into a rhythm, but it's great for the coaches to kind of get that experience as well. This is their first time coaching these guys in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think overall, not that I'm ever happy with a loss, but I think there is that silver lining that that is fairly significant in my opinion. 
Yeah, I mean, you bring up the 2010 Lakers. Obviously, you know, they had some battles to go through. And obviously, I, I mean, you look at a lot of, I mean, basically since like 2000, um, kind of our our generation, right, our lifetime. Like 2000, sure. the Lakers, you know, the big challenge was they almost blew a 3-1 lead to Portland. So let's hope uh, we don't repeat history here. Um they, I mean, we're up 3-1 in that series, and then they were down, I think, 17 at one point in the fourth quarter of that game seven at home, and took a furious, it took a furious rally to come back and, and win that that game seven and that series, which is, of course, a great moment in Lakers history. Um, but they got over that hump, got to the finals, took care of business. Um, so, you know, that 2000 team went through adversity. The 2001 team was like the one team that really just was not challenged. I mean, they had the wake-up call in game one of the finals, but I think that was more so due to the like week and a half off that they had. Uh, yeah. And Philly was still kind of in the groove of playing games and stuff. And that team, that Lakers team was 15-1, and one, like just absolutely nuts. So, um, But then, I mean, you look at 2002, obviously there's that Kings Western Conference Finals. Uh, even 2009. Like 2009, the Lakers make easy work of the Jazz in the first round, and then they they go seven games against an undermanned Rockets team, you know, probably a team they had no business going seven games with, but they were challenged in that series, um, and then they were challenged in the Nuggets series right after that. Like they they had problems with the Nuggets too until they kind of figured some things out and then took over after that. But yeah, those losses I think you know really do help a team and obviously the Lakers are going to be challenged more as these playoffs go on because the teams are going to get tougher. The challenges are going to get tougher. The matchups, you know, you might get James Harden in the next round or a Chris Paul. Um, plus, you know, just, I mean, really good teams, you know, you're probably going to have the Clippers waiting in the Western conference finals. Although you never know the Mavs are giving them a hell of a fight right now. Uh, might get our choice of the Mavs or the jazz in the conference finals. <laughs> how amazing would that be? Uh, well, careful what you wish for, though, right? So, uh, but no, I do yeah, not like, want to lose to Jordan Clarkson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, like like you said, like obviously you want to go sixteen and zero in the playoffs. Like you just don't want to be challenged at all. Like you want the less the lowest stress levels you can in the playoffs. But ultimately. I think you learn a lot about a team in their playoff losses. And this team has prided themselves on not losing two games in a row. Um, I, I guess, except for the bubble games where they probably really didn't give a crap after the Clipper game. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this team has bounced back from losses just about every time this year. And um, it's great to see that happen in the playoffs. And hopefully that's something that continues. But if that game one loss is as frustrating as it was and, as bad as it was to kind of endure all the jokes that night and all that stuff on Twitter or whatever. Uh, if it woke up a sleeping giant, then, Hey, I'll take it. So no complaints here. <laughs> kind of sounds like you're saying they're going to go 15 and one or 16 and one, I should say. I mean, I'm not going to complain <laughs> if they do. <laughs> you lock it in. I might lock it in. Lock it That's in. It. We, we won three playoff games in a row, 16 and one. <laughs> <laughs> Rondo's right. coming back. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> that one was for David Chia. We hadn't we hadn't shot him out. We had, yeah, we had to get we had to get him in there. But um, all right, let's look ahead to Game Five. The Lakers have an opportunity to uh, close this thing out. Uh, a couple injuries of note. Obviously, we mentioned Anthony Davis. Damian Lillard also left this game. He's already coming in with the finger injury. Uh, the dislocated finger that he suffered uh, a couple games ago. 
He also uh, hurt his knee in this game. He left the game, I think, in the third quarter and did not return. So hopefully he's okay. I know they're waiting on an MRI. Um, so hope again, hopefully he is okay. And hopefully you know he can get back out there and and you know he's he's not seriously injured or anything like that. So, um, but honey, I guess you know what are you looking for in this this game five? Obviously the Lakers are coming off. This is probably something of an emotional win for them to honor you know Kobe and and play pretty much at their peak. Like I thought that they played just about as good as you can ask any team to play. Um, do you think there's potential for a letdown or do you think we see this team, you know, stay focused and, and really go for the kill? Um, I, I think it might, it might be another slow start. Uh, it's kind of been a weird series in that they've alternated really good and really bad starts uh, to games. So I could see them coming out a little bit lethargic after such a massive win and, and kind of feeling like the Blazers might just uh, sit down and, and take it and, and, you know, take their losses. But um uh, overall, I would expect that, you know, their veteran experience to kind of shine through and, and LeBron and AD just saying, all right, we're going to get our crop together and, and finish the series out. Um, ideally, uh, you know, it would be great if it ends in another blowout where AD especially gets rest after this back injury. Um, he said he's going to play uh, in the next game, so hopefully it won't have to be for a ton of minutes. Um, and you know, the sooner the series ends, the better, because the the next series is going to be a tough one, and that one, like you said, is at least going six games. It could go seven, and, and that could be a huge advantage uh, heading into the second round. Um, so, you know, my my number one thing is if it is a slow start, uh, that's fine. But hopefully, it's another game where they can you know take a little bit of a punch early on and and punch back and and end the game pretty comfortably yeah I'm, I'm really curious to see how portland kind of attacks this game um because you never really know you know this felt like a game where the lakers kind of took their will um and yeah. just opposed their will on portland and broke portland's will but you know we've seen it before when teams go down 3-0 or 3-1 or 3-2 or whatever they go down in a series and they're faced with elimination and they come out and they play great basketball they play desperation basketball the efforts you know at a hundred percent and uh you know they play really good basketball so you kind of have to i think if you're the lakers anticipate that this team's going to play with some desperation and they're going to play like their their season is on the line because it is and you got to match their intensity and you got to match their energy because my thing with this series is if the lakers as much of an underdog as they are <laughs> Uh, as long as they match Portland's intensity and effort, I I just I thought that they would win this series pretty comfortably. Um, it's it really yeah. comes down to that. As long as they don't allow Portland to play harder than them, I think that they were going to be just fine. And I feel like that's going to be the case for this game. Uh, I think I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, if they start slow, um, given you know the circumstances today and and you know what today's win meant for those guys and um, just Laker fans and that the whole organization. Um, so it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me if there's a little bit of kind of like a little hangover from that, uh, two days from now, but, um, I, I think this team will get it done. I, I really do. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't expect Portland to roll over. Um, but I expect the Lakers being the veteran team that they are with the championship experience. I think they can really seize this opportunity to close it out on Wednesday and get a couple extra days rest and a couple extra days of prep, you know, fine tune some things game plan for either Houston or, or OKC and, you know, really just get, get yourselves ready for the next round. And, you know, let's close this thing out and, and don't, don't let a team creep back into it. Cause if, you know, 
we've seen it in the past, you know, with different teams and, and, you know, it's happened to the Lakers before where you're up three, one. And if you allow a team to get to three, two, then all of a sudden it changes the dynamic a little bit. Now I don't expect that to happen with this team. Uh, Cause I think the Lakers are just flat out better than Portland by a, a pretty wide margin. Um, but you just don't want to mess around. You just don't want to mess around, like seize this opportunity, close this thing out, get some rest, you know, some guys are dinged up, obviously, A.D., Rondo with the with the back injuries. Um, get those guys some more rest and, and let's get healthy and, and go after round number two. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's all I got. Honey, you got anything else before we sign off? Um, not really. Uh, man, I, w- I wish I had a good. Well, I saw I saw Grant Goldberg uh, calling Damian Lillard, Ty Max, Tony Douglas. So I guess I'll, I'll just steal that <laughs> for, for right now. Uh, with the Jazz uh, up 3-1 and potentially advancing, we can you know keep slandering Gobert, especially if it becomes oh, an actual be... possibility of meeting them in the Western Conference Finals. Nothing would make me happier than a full series worth of Ruby Gobert slander. It would be it would be a gift from God. <laughs> oh, one step at a time. One step at a time. I mean, we can always just slander them if, if the Jazz are eliminated and out of out of the playoffs too. So there's plenty of slander to go around. All right, we're gonna get out of here uh, until Wednesday night. Uh, we. I mean, we'll most likely pod that night. If not, we'll do Thursday evening sometime uh, at the very latest. Uh, But hopefully Wednesday night we're podding about how the Lakers wrapped up this series and got their first series win in, what, eight years? Seven, eight years? 2012, right? Yeah, eight years. 2012, they beat the Nuggets, I think, that that first round in seven games. So, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. to Mike Brown. (laughs) <laughs> it's crazy to think, man. Crazy, crazy to think. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we're we're potting another win. That's three straight. Let's close this thing out and let's move on to the next one. So, all right. Thanks so much, guys, for listening. As always, like I mentioned at the start, uh, if, if you like the pod, be sure to like this video on YouTube and subscribe to Lakers Outsiders and UCAS Studios on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And you can hit up our socials at uh, Lakers Outsiders on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook and get all of our content on LakersOutsiders.com. Follow Hani on Twitter at H-O-N-I-A-H-M and at Raptors Outsiders. Forgot to mention that at the start. Uh, Me at Gary Kesser. And uh, yeah, we're getting out of here. We're ending on a high note tonight. And uh, until next time, this is Gary Kesser with Hani Amadi and the Lakers Outsiders signing off. Shout out to Kobe. Rest in peace.